Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Reza- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I- Allison, where did you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the, on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah, so. Check out Childish, new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm very, very excited to be talking to my guest who I will bring in shortly. But first, I must talk to Tony Thaxton and catch up on stuff that may have happened since last time we talked. I don't know. <laughs> Tony, for me, a lot of stuff has happened. Yeah, uh, hello, first of all. <laughs> hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, I, I hope good things. I feel like a lot of things have happened sort of for me, but not necessarily, not like thing things. I've just done a lot. You know what I mean? Um, I'm interested in the, uh, in the distinction between a thing thing versus a thing you've done. Well, I just mean like not necessarily anything all that newsworthy. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't, uh, invent get something into anything yeah nothing nothing crazy like that just you know got went out a few times saw saw lots of friends saw them like the most people i've seen at once in a very long time yesterday yes you posted a photo of your adorable dog bentley looking all pooped out and you said that yeah. it it was tiring for him yeah it was tiring for both of us like i i had big plans of going out then last night because i was out in the afternoon and then i just got home and i was like no i can't uh i'm gonna e- keep easing my way back into normal life because it's suddenly exhausting that's what I was it's gonna, all i want to do that's what i was gonna say i think we can't overest overestimate or underestimate we need to accurately estimate how <laughs> how weird it is to re-enter society it's yeah. weird, which brings me to actually, I'm going to start with the less exciting thing. Tony, okay. we talked about the millipedes in mm-hmm. my bathroom. And when we had Bean from Kevin and Bean on the show, he let me know that he had millipedes as pets when he was young. And he doesn't see why I can't just li- gently lift them up and just carry them outside. And I felt shamed. I felt like a monster. I felt bad that I was thinking of massacring them via exterminator. So I did carry one outside and then don't tell Bean, but I did have the exterminator come. Uh And then since then I have continued to carry them outside because they're still here. So, (laughs) uh, and also, you know what's here now too? Just an array of silverfish. I feel like, did the exterminator spray silverfish? I don't know what they did, but I've seen not one deceased insect. I've just seen more insects, but I want Bean and my millipede listeners, <laughs> millipede uh, sympathetic and also millipede. If any millipedes are listening, yeah. 
my bathroom is a safe, the perimeter of the house is not a safe space, but the bathroom is a safe space. I now lift them up on a piece of toilet paper and I carry them outside and I think, I hope Bean is happy. Yeah, I, 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 you're, you're nicer than me, I think. I don't, I don't know that I would go through all that. Although, let me, let me propose. Have you been like, shamed you think, by Bean? I think you would. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, if you if you're carrying them outside and then you're still seeing them in the bathroom, let me let me propose you put them in like some sort of box or something, and then like drive across town with it, mm. and then release it there and see if they come back. I have wondered: did I carry two outside, or did I carry one who's persistent yeah, and came back? Like I, I don't the same ones. I don't know the name. Okay, and then the other thing. Remember I told you Marilyn Rice Cub invited me to coffee oh, yeah. or a walk. It was my big like, oh my God, I'm actually going to become friends with her. It wasn't just a bit on the show. Mm-hmm. We had our coffee date. Ooh. Now, Daniel told me he doesn't think I should talk about it on the show because he thinks it comes off as thirsty. <laughs> and I don't disagree. But here's, look, the way this works is you befriend me, you befriend all of us. So I must bring the listeners along and let them know that it's really happened. We've really, we got coffee. We sat outside. I went inside to put cream in my coffee. I forgot to put my mask on. They instantly were like, do you have a mask? And then I felt weird and bad. And I wanted them to know I believe in masks. I just forgot, but also I'm vaccinated. (laughs) I'm not an anti-masker, but anyway, I feel like, I feel like we might become real friends and uh, thirsty or not, it's happening. That's exciting. Thank you. As we said, it's it's it's, it's not easy to make friends no, as an adult. I, so I understand. It's my second I, friend in like four years. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> possibly, That's... possibly fewer in more. I don't know. Um, and you went you went to a birthday party and it was exhausting. Yes, actually, <laughs> I apparently I just in my head added the word birthday in the email because oh. I got there. It was it was our uh, past guest and friend Jeff Dutton, um, and uh, I got there and I'm like, "Hey, happy birthday!" And he's like, "It's not my birthday." It's like, "Oh, did I oh. just add that word?" In the, and the apparently I did. Yeah, because um, here's why: because otherwise, why is everyone getting together to hang out in a park? I think you need a uh, reason. I think, I think well, I think right now that reason is we're vaccinated. Let's do something. I get that, but still, I feel like it makes sense that it would be a birthday. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. So a non-birthday hang. Hmm. Yeah, it was nice though. It was while exhausting. I had a real nice time. Good. So our friend Kim, Tim Kalpakis was there. I love our friend Tim Kalpakis. Yeah. Um, but I think Tim Kalpakis's wife is in Hawaii. Is that happening? Oh, I don't know. She she was not with him. I can I can confirm she was not there. But uh, I bet because I, I think she might be in Hawaii. This is based just on her social media, though. It's neither here nor there. I think it is time for us to get to the 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 main event. The reason we're all here. Very excited to welcome back to the show comedian, actor, writer, producer, host of the very popular Netflix. Excuse me. Host of the very popular Netflix show, The Wedding Coach. She also wrote a book called Ridiculous. Uh, she played Allie on Crashing and was a writer on Crashing. And also, she's a writer for Ted Lasso. It is returning to the show. This is now her third appearance, Jamie Lee. Oh, my goodness. Great to be back. 
welcome back. So happy to see you guys. Yeah, this is so fun. Good to see you too. Um, The last time you were on, so you were on in 2012 and then maybe 2018 or 19. That feels right. Yeah. Yeah. And we were marveling at how long it had been. So I'm glad that we've like narrowed the gaps here. Me too. but you had, you were in development for the wedding coach and you couldn't oh, even, s- yeah, you couldn't even oh, say, you had cast I, I, the couples. You were talking about oh, that. Oh, uh-huh. You were talking about how it's the same casting people as Queer Eye and, and that made you feel good because you didn't want it to be like a crazy reality show. Yes, um, yes, yes. That's you, true. You couldn't say where it was going to be airing, but you said it was a streaming service. Oh, that's right. I remember this now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to be like very cagey and... There are not that many streaming services, at least at that time. There were like even less. So right. yeah, I'm sure people sort of deduced what I was talking about. But look, but, here we are yeah. now. And it's uh, it exists. It is on our televisions. People are watching it. People are loving it. How's it feel? Um, it feels great. I mean, it's definitely it's a little surreal because this show in particular, like we filmed it before the pandemic and it really was a hard production just logistically you know we had to cast the different couples and also I had never made a reality show before and that in and of itself is like just a really sort of bizarre thing to be a part of and like watch come together in some really great ways like I come from a scripted television background and like you really can't script reality like Mm -hmm. you can try you can try to like beat out how something is gonna go and like come up with some kind of loose outline but like so many things come up in the moment that change the course of like everything you thought the episode was going to look like. And I think it was a really good lesson for me in terms of like just relinquishing control because mm-hmm. I think in scripted you have a lot of control and then like in reality you have kind of none. And so for me, I was like flipping out the whole fucking <laughs> time we were making it like truly just like losing my mind because I didn't understand that like this is sort of an organic thing that just does come together in editing. You just have to like have some patience and some faith. And so, yeah, this is just a very long winded way of saying that um, the fact that it's out on Netflix now, I'm like, I, it just, I, I cannot believe it. Like it finally happened because it was delayed and delayed. They didn't want to post it to Netflix because they were like, yeah, no one's watching wedding stuff during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like sad about weddings because they're getting canceled. So yeah, it was actually our original air date was supposed to be um, in November during like election time. And I'm very grateful that didn't happen because I yeah. feel like that was just like a quite tense time in history. So it's nice to like not be associated with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's explain it for people who might not be familiar. But if you're totally. not familiar, go check it out because it is very um, it's funny and it's very watchable like it, i don't it's just it's oh, so well done you. you can like you'll sit down and then you'll like six episodes which the whole season just went by it's it's very yeah, it's it like flies a, it's it a confection fly. and i mean that in a, in a, as a compliment. it's brain candy no 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 i i totally agree and i i think everyone has such short attention spans these days like it's it's nice to make something where you're like i promise like you can handle it like <laughs> whatever is going on in your life you can fit this in like it is it, it takes up no brain space right it's and it's very yeah. it's very feel good and and heartwarming but so anyway you uh, meet with couples who are in the process of planning their weddings and Correct. you kind of help guide them 
to uh, through the planning and then sort of help with any issues that come up and issues always come up. And then you're mm-hmm. there at the wedding and then you have a helper with you, be it an actor or a comedian. Um, yeah. And uh, and yeah, that's the show. That is the show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of went in when I pitched it. I was like, oh, I kind of want it to be like Queer Eye, but for weddings um, with definitely like more of a blatant comedy bent to it because mm-hmm. most of my plus ones, as we call them on the show, are comedians. Um, but yeah, I think the comedians are actually like a really good group of people to send into a wedding because we're so opinionated. And I think we have like a heightened ability with observation to a degree. And I think that's like the kind of people you need to surround yourself with when you're going through something as emotional or stressful as wedding planning. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like nice to have people who have like eyes and like the backs of their heads and sides of their heads and like we're just always like looking for things to pick apart and it's like kind of refreshing (laughs) to have that person around you when you feel like you can't really be that person because you're supposed to just be like enjoying it best time of your life like you know it's nice to have someone who's like okay come on but like let's cut the shit right um I famously to to some people my family at least I did not have (sighs) If you had attended my, I had a very small wedding. If you had attended, the people who attended the wedding had, not that anyone ever like bitches about a wedding, but they were like, oh my God, that was like the most beautiful, you know, it really, it really no, sweet. People do bitch about weddings. That okay. Sounds, it, I bet it was special. Yeah. It small's was amazing. Really, small's awesome. It was, it was really sweet and beautiful and meaningful. And my husband had the best time and I am, I love him so much and I'm so glad I'm married to him. The the way it all felt for me emotionally, not the like actual vows part, but the leading up yeah. to it and family stuff and drama and stuff with the vendors. And like, I had a very unpleasant experience. Sure. It was As very, I, and I cried quite a bit after. Same. Really? Same. Oh, that makes me Same. feel so much better oh, here. in the lead up and after for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the, honestly, if I'm being completely transparent. Please do. Like, one of the worst times in my life. Oh my God, that makes me feel a thousand times better yeah. because I feel like, I feel like an, I feel ungrateful and like some kind of princess no, that like I'm still no... writing letters in my head to our wedding planner, letting her know things that I'm upset about that I never told yeah. her. Oh no, you're not alone there. That's very, very common. I, I have a friend who, uh, when she, when her wedding ended, she didn't really talk to me or any of her bridesmaids. Yeah, so so like no one could get a hold of her, and yeah, she just really like sunk into a full on depression because she felt like her wedding planner sort of let her down, and she had spent all this money, and she had a really beautiful like proper New York City wedding, so oh, like wow. a ton of money went into it. So much attention to detail. She is such a like natural party planner type. So she had such a clear vision for what she was going for. And so I do think her expectations were really high. And I think she was setting herself up to fail to a degree. But Mm -hmm. like the fact that she just kind of stopped talking to people in her life because of her wedding, like that shit is real. So why then do we do it? (laughs) I'm kind of left with (laughs) that question. I know what you mean. Because on the other side of it... It, I never heard anyone say anything negative about weddings before the actual mm. wedding. But on the other side of it, I've heard from other people of like, yeah, mine, there was lots of things that upset me about mine. Like, why do we do this to ourselves? Well, it's you're you're kind of it's, you're kind of stuck in a bad spot because I've played out both instances. I'm like, okay, 
let's say we don't like do all the things, whatever that means, decorations, dealing with vendors, planner, lots of guests, whatever that means for you. Like, let's say you like strip it all away. Well, then even when you're stripping it away, planning goes into properly stripping something away. Yeah. So like you're kind of stuck in this place where you're like, I could plan a lot for a small thing or I could plan for a thing that accommodates like more people in my life and then everyone's together. And then it kind of takes on this like family reunion vibe, which sounds really great because then you kind of get like a two for one. Like you see everybody and you get married. Like it's it's just there's really no great option. And I think right. that that's what's tough. And I unless th- you properly go to Vegas and like do the like – Elvis right. thing, which pro- there's probably shit you have to deal with there. Who even knows? I Maybe think that books up years in advance and it's a pain in the ass to like get a spot there. I don't know. Because we kept ours so small, I think a lot of people's feelings were hurt. And that's mm. something that that's like, it's like I've got like the rings of regret and that's like the second ring of regret is like, oh, was it worth it? No. Like I, we should have whatever. Getting into the weeds so of that. Hard. But now why why were you depressed after your wedding? Um, well, I don't think I was depressed immediately after, but I think that some of the wounds sort of have like carried on with me in ways that I just didn't expect. Like I kind of thought that I think the narrative was always, well, you're going to deal with a lot of turmoil in the lead up, but then after the day comes, everything melts away and you won't even think about it. And that's not really true. I think for me it was more like, oh, wow, I'm kind of blindsided by these like pops of resentment Hmm. that I just was told wouldn't happen. And I'm like, but they did happen. So, yeah, I think that it it wasn't so much a full-on depression as it was just like, oh, yeah, like I was lied to. Like that's actually not true. You you do hang on to things that happen during your wedding process. Yeah. 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 What about you? Oh, why was I depressed after? Um, I was hurt by the way I was treated by some of my family. And I didn't realize how much I had placed humongous expectations on them. Mm. And I didn't have, we didn't have, we had like a best man and a maid of honor, but we didn't Mm -hmm. have a bridal party because it was so small. And because... Mm -hmm. I don't know if other people, I mean, actually, the, you know, the very top of the show, I was talking about making a new friend. I, something about getting married in my late 30s, I just felt like I don't know who my quote unquote girls are that I would choose. Sure, of course. It, it, I feel disconnected um, from people, from, from friends in a way. Sure. Um, and so I had, you know, a couple of my closest friends there, but I don't know something about doing the. It just it became. I know you mean another. It became another factor to figure out who do we include in this wedding party. You so also we have to like rank your people. Yes. And be like, do they see me the way I see them? Are they as close to me as I? It's like it. It just is so uncomfortable. That, right. All of that is so uncomfortable. Even when you're, I think even when you're a bride in your twenties, it's like, oh man, here we go. I have to like. Yeah, I have to come up with, like, a hierarchy of who I care about right. the most. Like, it's just so gross. So I ended up feeling very lonely getting ready and totally. lonely. I was, like, dealing with some family drama, and I didn't feel like I had support. And I know that Aww. my sister hearing this would be very hurt because she was trying her best. But it's, like, there, I mean, it's, 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 it's complicated. But yeah. I just felt very hurt and alone. And then to walk down the aisle 
with all that kind of churning was just tough. And I think afterwards, it's just sort of like my, my feelings were just hurt. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know, but I, my feelings were hurt, but I also felt, I feel like this is out of proportion to what happened. So mm, why can I not let this go? And, and I just, I felt like a disappointment in that regard. I felt like a disappointment to my husband because he had had a great day yeah. and it was very special to him i mean and not of so, course but that, is, yeah. I, that that's not surprising to me and so here he is like this is supposed to be the time of our lives and you're just crying all the time and i'm like oh. i know i don't know what's wrong oh. <laughs> so i very much relate to that thank you yeah. yeah that's really tough but was any of this triggering so so anyway given my all my wedding stuff Daniel was marveling at my ability to watch this show and not be triggered because I kind of avoid wedding content. But I really I was like, I I think I'm past either I'm past it or this show is just so well done that I I really wasn't triggered at all. Were like, were you triggered at all in in, making it? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Truly constantly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, definitely. I mean, I also think that the hard spot that I was in was in my heart of hearts, like when I, because, you know, I, I've dealt with six very different types of weddings, people who were in different situations, different cultural backgrounds, like it, it was pretty diverse, like emotionally, physically, mm-hmm. like it was just a very, everyone's experience was just very different. And the one commonality was that at every wedding that I had to help with, I did have this feeling of like, why are we doing this? Why are they doing this? Why are we, why is anyone doing this? It's not that I'm anti-commitment. I'm not anti-marriage. I just was like, there's something so flawed here that I'm feeling this way every, at every single wedding. That's I'm like, so I, interesting. And, and it's so hard when you're there trying to be supportive. You know, this is a really important time to them. They've spent so much money. Like, I really just wanted to be like, what can I do for you? But in the back of my mind, I wanted to give the vice of like, like maybe you should like, maybe you shouldn't do it. Like, don't like, don't go through this for like, save your relationship. Don't. And, and we did have one couple who ended up not getting married, but I wanted to give that advice for kind of my anti-wedding advice, you know, but then I'm like, well, Jamie, you're making a fucking wedding show. Like, so it's this weird thing where I was trying to be as diplomatic as possible, but also be honest and candid and say the things no one's going to say. But also you can't say so much that you're like scaring the people you're trying to help, you know? And I think that was hard for me. It's like, what is that line between making sure you're authentic and like making sure that you're helping these people in a real way, but also like not weighing in so hard that it becomes about you. Right. Right. It's like, I think about this, though. I think if someone had said to me, you know what, just elope, you'll be happier. I was already so emotionally and financially invested. I would have been like, no, I have I have to have this experience for myself to realize that I wouldn't have believed them. Um, Same. My mom at one point was like, what are you doing this for? Like, who is this for? Do you even want to do this? And I was like, yes. I do, you know, like really just like what you're saying. I was like, I have to go through this. Like at this point, the train has left the station and I am on that train and I can't get off for many, many, many stops. Um, What you were saying earlier about the difference between reality and scripted and how you just kind of had to like, you were freaking out the whole time, but you had to just let things happen. A moment that I think is so funny, uh, the episode with John Gabris, 
um, love, where, love that episode. Wait, is it the John Gabris one? I think it is. Um, okay. But at the at the very end of it, when you're like, no, I'm the only one who talks to camera. <laughs> I was like, stop it. Stop it. No one. Stop talking to camera. <laughs> yeah, we were. Oh, man. We were so drunk at that wedding. It was crazy. <laughs> so much drinking happening and making reality TV. It's like people literally are coming up to you, giving you drinks at all times. So how they, I'm curious. Like, ab- yeah. I'm curious about the actual process from yeah. finding the people who want to have their wedding filmed to like, were they actually interviewed in their own homes because they all live in sparse stylish homes. And then yeah. like, what was the, what are the actual weddings like with a crew there? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, um, well, the interviews happen, the one where they're just talking to camera that that happens without me. Like we have a producer who just, gets all the information out of them and then i am i you know i on separate days go in and actually like help them with um planning and emotional support and all those things um the camera crew at the weddings was probably was probably the hardest part actually not the weddings but in the bridal suite that was really tough because these brides are like getting ready there's a lot of chaos everyone's cross-talking bridesmaids are like oh where's my shoe like it's just like constant craziness so i think that was the hardest part is like i i there were a couple of moments in filming where i felt like i was in the way mm-hmm. and i'm like this is not helpful like this i need to be here because we're making a tv show but like this is tough like these people are actually getting ready for their wedding um so i think that was that was hard the other hilarious thing that i did not anticipate was that on the wedding day, aside from the bridal suite stuff, I was working so hard. Like, there was so much to be done that no one was doing that I forgot I was on television. Like, truly. I was like, oh, I like. I remember at one point... Um, like, I'm just working wedding. at the wedding now. <laughs> yeah, I'm working. So, like, people would come up to me like, Jamie, you need to change. Like, you have to put on a dress now. And I'm like, I have to what? Like, get the fuck out of my way. Like, I have things to do. <laughs> So it was funny in that way because I'm like, oh, I'm actually very invested and immersed in this, which I do think came through mm-hmm. in the show, um, which I'm happy about. But, like, it really was the facts. Like, I I mean, there were certain moments where, like, stuff was really about to fall apart. And I was like, literally no one else is handling this. Like, mm-hmm. they, I think that they think that I am an actual wedding planner. Like, <laughs> the family and stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just, like, this person who, like, comes in and, like, tries to shoulder some of the burden, whatever that may be, but, like, I'm not an official anything. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of thrown into these, like, positions of authority because I think they just go, like, oh, Netflix is here and Jamie's here. So that, like, that's fine. So everyone just give her all the things to do (laughs) because we're just here to hang out. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. And I was there for that reason, but there were definitely some moments where I was like, I almost missed the wedding because Mm -hmm. I was so focused on like fixing stuff up until the last minute. And in terms of shooting the actual ceremony, like, yeah, is, does the ceremony from start to finish go as it normally would? Or are there reshoots of things? It does. No. So you guys just like fly on the wall. Yes. A hundred percent. We set up pretty early. They get the whole wedding. I mean, they really filmed the entire thing. Even some of the weddings were longer and, they filmed it start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. The Nigerian wedding yeah. was so crazy and cool. I love that wedding. I mean, I it was like a performance. 
It was it a was performance. Incredible. No, it was it was that was one of the coolest things I've done because yeah, they enter dancing and they're dancing like right in front of you and it's like so emotional. Like Gabrus and I were like teary-eyed watching it. It was like it's the way I think a lot of people sometimes get emotional when they like see a musical or something. Yes. Like there's just something like all of your senses are being played to. It's just like music and action and dancing and emotion. And like it was fully that. I was like I had chills from like how emotional I felt just watching people dance into a wedding. It was very funny. I'm someone who tears up at musicals and I've never quite understood why. You think that's what it is? It's the all the senses being engaged at once. It's like just I mean, this pure emotion or something. Yes. I don't know. Yes, I'm sure there's like a very quick answer to what it is, but that's what I always attributed it to. I was like, it's just because like everything is being played to right now. Yeah. You know what won't make you cry? (gasps) Please note my excellent segue, Bomba socks. They're the best socks ever. They're so comfortable. They'll make you angry at your other socks and angry at all the years you spent wearing anything other than Bombas. Lots of things can make your workouts hard, extra resistance, double speed, one more mile. Your socks shouldn't, though. That's why Bombas Performance Socks are built to be nothing but comfortable and supportive. That's what Jamie and I are. Oh, my God. We're comfortable and supportive things. people. Yeah, um, just like ba- a pair of socks. <laughs> Bombas Performance Socks have taken all the amazing innovations that make Bombas the most comfortable socks you've ever worn and added their special Hextech performance technology. They are still with special moisture wicking yarn and temperature regulating vents that allow cool air to flow in and prevent overheating. They come with a pillow-like tab to save you from blisters, stay-up mm. technology. That's what my little kids have. Um, a special arch-hugging. The arch-hugging system is my favorite thing. You, I swear, you slip on a pair of these socks the way they hug your feet. They're so comfortable, you'll be angry at your other socks. And like all their socks, for every pair of Bombas Performance socks you buy, they donate a pair to someone in need. They've donated over 45 million pairs so far. Go to bombas.com slash best friend today and get 20% off your first order. That's bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash best friend for 20% off bombas.com slash best friend. And I also want to tell you guys about BetterHelp. Allison Rosen is your new best friend is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. In May's Mental Health Awareness Month and throughout June, Allison Rosen is your new best friend is proud to join the cause of destigmatizing therapy. Um, I feel like part of my life's goal is to destigmatize therapy. I am such oh, yeah. a huge, huge fan over here. It's like my, uh, it's, it has saved me in, in many oh, ways. Yeah. Yeah, and I love it. BetterHelp is great. Uh, I know two people right now, both of them podcasters, both of whom have talked about it on their podcast, who are doing BetterHelp, who are getting so much out of it, who really like their BetterHelp therapist. Um, it can be cheaper than traditional therapy. And uh, it, especially right now, people are having, you know, it, it can be hard to find uh, a traditional therapist. Enter BetterHelp. Uh, like I said, more affordable. And also, uh, you can, if you don't feel like you have been matched with the right therapist, you can switch therapists as many times as you want, no additional charge. So you don't have to worry about committing to something that you're unsure of. Try it out, people. All, our listeners get 10% off their first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash best friend. That's betterhelp, betterhelp.com slash best friend. Okay. So, uh, back to, the wedding coach. 
Um, how I'm wondering how involved were you in um, editing, producing, casting, like all the all the things? Yeah. Um, pr- yeah. As as involved as I guess I could be. I mean, the casting. It's interesting with the casting. Um, I definitely watched a bunch of casting videos, but. It, there's so many factors that played into who got chosen. Um, a lot of it had to do with, like, what is our production period and does their wedding fall within mm-hmm. that? Or is it, like, one wedding's here, another wedding's next year? Like, there were certain weddings that I wanted to attend, and I was like, they actually just don't line up with when we're shooting. So that had to – that's why we had to rule them out. Um, another part of it is, like, background checks. Like, there was one couple we were oh. really interested in. And, yeah, I mean, it was just uh, – there was some stuff in the bride's past where I was, like, legally, like, we we actually like, – Netflix will not approve them. Um, so that was another thing that I learned. I was like, oh, apparently some of this is, like, fully out of our control. Um, so it really had to do with, like, making sure the weddings felt different enough, making sure the problems were clear enough that they needed help with, making sure the problems were – not like the same problem in two episodes and yeah and just also making sure they look different like i didn't Mm -hmm. want to have like two sort of like backyardy you know diy type weddings like i wanted it to feel like everyone's doing something different so what i don't know how much you can say about this but i'm dying to know like what kinds of things would uh take someone out of the running in their background check um well (laughs) uh one person in particular had um had been married before to uh someone who was part of a, a pretty like famous criminal case uh. um yeah yeah so like uh was like accused of lots of terrible things so the uh, she it, she had been or he had been it or both. uh it was uh wait sorry did i say the sorry i'm getting confused it was the it was a dude. Oh, okay. It was a dude who was being considered and his ex-wife was very problematic. Mm. Uh for some yeah, she was like part of a pretty like well-known uh trial, like kind of a big case that like has been in the news and stuff. Um she was being accused of like lots of terrible things. So, yeah, so that was like and it it was sad because he's like getting remarried you yeah. know and so it's like he's like no i'm not associated with that anymore <laughs> but it's like well actually like you kind of are like in in the in terms of what netflix is willing to you know accept as a liability like this just we can't we can't do this so Be- yeah because so got ruled out because of potential litigation or just people would associate it would make people think i of think this. it was both I think it was both. I think it was like they don't want to be f- associated. They don't want our show to be associated with that at all. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And it's then interesting. there was another one. Oh, sorry. They, go ahead. They, well, I was just going to say, like, they do a ton of true crime, but I get that they want to keep know, this separated. They're like, we don't want this to be a true crime. Yeah. That makes sense. And it also was such an interesting story. And it was a bummer because if we had used them, I would have wanted to talk about it. And then like, whoa, wow, what a, you know, you know, second time's a charm. Like that first time <laughs> sounded really rough. So I'd love to hear about it. Um, there was also another one where it was like this hilarious wedding. It was like everything was winter themed and they were going to have ice dancers and like 
I sculptures and like it was just super over the top. The girl was like a beauty queen. And then it was like the parents were like majorly like drug addict, alcoholic. Like, oh. yeah. So they were like, uh, it's not going to be great if we like have them on camera and they do something like it's just, again, too much of a liability. But it, these are not my choices. This mm-hmm. is like made for me. Right. So it's just frustrating because I'm like, oh, that would have been like such a fun wedding to see. And then it's like, mm, yeah, but their family is like, yeah, it's going to make it tough. Ice capades, drunk parents. I know. I'm like, <laughs> come on. Also, that's it. That, that was hard for me, too, because I'm like, but it's real. Like, yeah, totally. This is real. Like, that's the point of the show. And yeah, they're, they're, it's funny how, like, you want to showcase certain things and then everyone else is like, no, like, you think that's what you want to showcase, but it's actually not. And I'm like, okay, like, I guess, you know, I had to make some concessions and. Obviously, I really had a, no choice in the matter. They were they were forces above me being like, no. <laughs> That's so interesting. I think I would be inclined to be like you. Like, but this, because, and uh, weird uh, tangent, but I mean, did you, re- I know that there was, there were drug problems in your family of origin, yeah. right? We've talked about yeah. that before. Yeah. Um, do you think that was part of why you were like, this is real? Let's show oh, yeah. this. Yeah, I think so. I think that's right. Yeah, I think also I just, I really, that's something I always kind of bumped on with, with, (laughs) I love how I say bumped, like with cocaine, but, um, (laughs) but, uh, it's something that has always bothered me. Like in watching reality TV, there's always these like hard cuts in editing where I'm like, wait, like you left out a main detail. I something, there's a huge leap in logic. I'm not sure why I'm supposed to suspend belief and not focus on that. But that's all I can think about. Same. So I really don't like that. And I was really trying to, like, not do that with this mm-hmm. show. Sometimes, like, with, what well, you know, Bravo shows, I wonder, is part of the appeal this, like, nonsensical jumping around thing? It's so elliptical. I like, it's like a riddle for your head. it. Yes. What is that? And it's, like, it's become so commonplace like oh these shows are so popular that i think we're just supposed to be like did you see what happened on housewives and it's like but like we none of us really saw what happened because (laughs) it was edited in such a fucking crazy way we don't know what the actual story is we just know this like someone flew off the handle yeah someone flew off the handle also they always have these like long pauses and you're like that is so clearly done with editing because no one in a conversation just doesn't talk right in response to someone being like, you're a fucking bitch. No one just is quiet. Yeah. So that's only in reality. Do you cut to someone just like giving dead eyes to that person? And you're like, that's just not, you know, we missed so many things. Like right. they just it all ended up on the cutting room floor. Yes. I always it's think really about this too. Yeah. Do you enjoy reality shows? Um, It's not really my go-to. Love is Blind was probably the only one that I watched, like, truly just, like, drooling over how much I loved it. Um, Yeah, I don't really watch them. Uh, I watched first season of Queer Eye. When that premiered, I was like, this is amazing. Like, they're doing something with reality TV that I have not seen before. And, like, it made me really curious in trying to pursue the unscripted space. Because I was like, I feel like there's an opportunity here that you know, would be like really great if, if done correctly. And yeah, but, but I, I'm not like a big, like 90 day fiance. I, I do mm. like that show, but I don't, I don't just like pop on reality TV. I never watch Bravo. Like, yeah, not really. Mm. I think in my twenties I watched it more. What about you? Um, 
I I go in phases. I remember okay. I really got into celebrity rehab and oh. uh, cart, keeping up with the Kardashians, like way back sure. in the day. In the sure. very, very, Kardashians I remember, is so good. It really is such a good show. I, I, I no longer keep up with them, but at the yeah. beginning, yeah. I did. Um, yeah. And I would, oh, especially with Celebrity Rehab, I would always marvel at the way I could watch an entire episode and it was like kind of interesting. But then in the last two minutes, I'm like, oh my God, I have to know what's going to happen next or I will simply yeah. die. Like yeah. it was just magically yeah. edited. Um, so that would have been probably in the early to mid 2000s, I think. Cause I remember I had, I had just started my blog. It was at the time it was my blog. Now it has been transformed into my website, but I was, I was writing about those shows on there. Um, and then a little bit real housewives of New York. Same, um, same when that first came on, I was very into it. I got very into Vanderpump rules. Mm. Do you ever watch that one? No, I never really watched it. Re- it's really, I mean, I, good it's is a juicy. weird, uh, yes, it's really yeah. watchable. I really enjoyed yes. that. Then I stopped, then I got back into that. Um, and then what else? Oh, 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 I re- during the pandemic, I got into Below Deck. Oh, yeah, that's the one I keep hearing about. I feel like people I had, really love Below Deck. I had heard about it a lot, and I don't know what I thought. I thought it was going to be like Real Housewives on a Ship or something, and it's really not. Especially the first oh. season reminds me sort of of Road Rules at the beginning. Mm. Like, it really is – it's not – it doesn't gin up drama. At the beginning, it didn't. It really is following the experience of these people who work on a chartered yacht. So it yeah. is like a whole different world. I, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed kind of, that. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, I feel like I saw like one episode of that and I remember being like, oh, I could get into this. Yeah. I Especially was- because that's that's a world that I, I mean, I, I just don't know anything about yachts or yacht culture, at, you know, yacht staff. Like, I think it'd be kind of cool to see, have a window into that world a little bit. Same. I, I liked yeah. that too. It was like, it wasn't just people hanging out being bitchy. Right. Oh, speaking of, I also enjoy the hills. Um, oh, but, <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. It was, but it was like watching people actually have a skill, and yeah. and like the chef is very very funny, and well, the chef changes, but at the beginning. Um, but but speaking of really good TV shows and TV shows that I watched during the pandemic, Ted Lasso. Yeah. Oh, yay! You're a writer on. Uh, I am. What has that been like? And are you guys working on the next season? Uh, right now we are shooting the second season. So we've written the second season and yeah, it's, it's, it's almost done shooting. I think that we go back for the third season in August is Mm -hmm. what I'm being told. Um, yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, that first season when we were writing it, um, it was like the best job I had ever had. I mean, it really was like the best group of people. Bill Lawrence is such an excellent boss and like I'm just so in awe of the way he conducts a room and he just keeps the morale really high and he just makes everyone treat each other like adults and like it's just a really like healthy place to work um which I am I feel like you know it's funny I I've heard of these shows that people love and then you hear like, oh, wow, it's shocking that it turned out so great considering like the whole staff fucking hates each other. You know, you hear these <laughs> stories. But I, I feel like because our we enjoyed each other so much, I do think that is why the first season is, su- is successful in the way it is. Like I, I think that some of that 
came through because it really was like lightning in a bottle. Everyone really respects each other and like gets along. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm curious what the second season will look like because we wrote it on Zoom. You know, that's yeah, just a different, just different. But it's not writing the first season on Zoom. I think that's that's a lot harder when mm-hmm. you like don't really know what your show is yet and you have to do it over the computer. I think that's hard, but. The one that I think of when you mention a show where it's like, it's amazing it turned out that well because it was a toxic culture. And I don't think I'm telling stories out of school because oh, probably I not. think I've heard this. Um, sure. Community. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. Community, modern family. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two I think of the most. Have you ever been in that kind of environment? Um, I have definitely been in environments that were toxic that I did not realize at the time Mm. exactly how toxic they were because honestly, Ted Lasso set the bar really high for me now. I'm like, it is possible to like be in a healthy writer's room. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, definitely moments where I, I was like, just like sort of classic things that come up for a lot of female writers. Like, you know, if I am loud, my voice gets really high and then people don't want to listen to you because that Mm -hmm. doesn't sound good. You know, it's like stuff like that where um, you get talked over because you're like not as loud as the men in the room. Like just physically you can't do that with your voice. So um, there's that or like you're the only woman in the room you know, not enough diversity. It There's stuff like that that I've mm-hmm. definitely encountered. And at the time I hated it. And looking back, I hate it even more. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, how did you get, how did you get the Ted Lasso job? How did that come about? I had auditioned for Bill Lawrence for a pilot and I tested for it, didn't get it, but stayed friends with him. And then he pulled me in to meet with Jason when they were interviewing writers. And I went in kind of like, I I definitely was like excited to be meeting on it, but I didn't know anything about Apple at the time. This was like, I think maybe the morning show was on, maybe the morning show hadn't even premiered yet. Mm -hmm. So I was just a little like, I don't really know what Apple is. I don't know if it's like cool or like (sighs) people are going to have it on their TVs. Like, I just don't know if it's anything. And the other part was just um, I don't care about sports and I am not a sports person. And I, you know, if you're hiring me for that reason, like you're going to be gravely disappointed. (laughs) And so that was kind of my angle when I went in was like, I just have to be honest with you. Like, I don't know anything about soccer. I actually really like soccer. Like if I had to watch a sport, Mm -hmm. it's one of the ones I can get into. I'm not really sure why that is because I don't really like basketball and other team sports. But there's something about soccer that I've always enjoyed. Um, so yeah, but I, I was just like, I'll, I'll help with like interpersonal relationships and I'm definitely like the rom-com girl. I can really like lean into that, developing those relationships and the female characters and stuff, but I, I won't be able to add any value on the, uh, soccer front. And then they were like, oh, don't worry. We have like two people on staff who know everything you need to know about soccer. And I was like, well, great. And then. (laughs) I didn't hear anything for a while and then I found out I was getting an offer and I was like, okay, cool. Like I was definitely, I thought that Bill was so awesome. I thought Jason was so awesome, but I know I really knew nothing about the project. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of just went in being like, this could be fun. And then it ended up being such a great job that I almost didn't care if the show was going to be good. I was like, this is just such a healthy working environment that I love coming to work every day. Like it's so rare to feel that way. 
And yeah, and then it ended up being this like huge success. And that's just very surprising to me. Like I had no, you don't know that when you're making it. Like, right. I mean, maybe there are shows where people are like, we're on to something, guys. Like, I don't I don't know how you can have that kind of confidence that early before anything's aired. So so you auditioned for Bill Lawrence yeah. um, as an actor, though, right? As an actor. But then he yeah. brought you in as a writer. As a writer. So he yeah. how did he that's so that's so cool that he knew that you have this that you're a writer as well. Yes. Yeah. He knew because he knew I wrote on crashing and acted on crashing. And, um, yeah, so he just brought me in. He was like, I think he, he also knew my stand up a little bit. So I think he was just kind of like, I know she's, he, he really loves stand up. So I mm-hmm. think he was really supportive in that way. And most of a lot, that's not true. Not all the, well, a lot of the writers on staff are performers as well. So he seems to understand that and foster that. I'm sure there are people who don't want to hire writer performers. Cause they're like, ugh, like, are they going to try to get on the show? Like you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, he's definitely very understanding of like people having multiple passions within sort of like the comedy umbrella. Oh, that's really cool. You know what else I'm passionate about? What? Having having a really healthy, good looking lawn, Jamie. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) I love that segue. Look, the last thing anyone anyone needs is another complicated or toxic lawn product. Sunday is more than just a lawn care product. It is a custom lawn care plan with a variety of ways to help you grow a beautiful lawn, control weeds, and remove pests. They take out all the guesswork and unwanted chemicals so you can grow a beautiful lawn that's better for people, pets, and the planet. Jamie, you're in New York, so I know this doesn't quite apply to you there, but it might apply to you in Los Angeles. You go on their website, you type in your address, they pull up uh, like where you are, what your soil is like, and they are, mm. they're dialed in, they know, but then you send them a soil sample. I don't own a shovel. I'm not a handy gardeny person, even though I, now I, it, Sunday makes it look like I am. So I took a teaspoon, tablespoon, uh, put the soil in a bag, send it back to them. They sent me all the stuff I need. Again, I'm not oh the, God. you know, I don't have it's a like green. 20, 23 in soil. Yes, it really is. I know who my lawn's relatives are. No, but so anyway, um, you just hook it onto your hose. My lawn is Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) You hook it onto your hose, spray the stuff. It's so easy. I can do it. And then your lawn looks beautiful. Ugh. Take, it's so great. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com slash Allison to get $20 off your custom lawn plan. Check out that's $20 off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash Allison. Again, that's GetSunday.com slash Allison. Okay, I think... Now would be a time to tell you guys that I'm on mm. Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen, weekly bonus episodes, Zoom parties. There's a level where there's a new reward I've introduced where you can text me and I will text you. We can be texting buddies. Um, and it's, I've been doing it for a couple of weeks now. It is super fun. I hope, I hope everyone who is at that level is enjoying it as well. I think they are. The feedback I'm getting is pretty good. Um, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. And if you want a deal, uh, you can s- sign up for an annual subscription. You get 12 months for the price of 10, so two months free. Okay, I think we should do Just Me or Everyone. Love it. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me? 
or everyone. All right, Jamie, you said you had to just mirror everyone, right? Yes. Okay. Okay, here is my is it me or is it just every wait, is it just me or is it everyone? <laughs> Great. Okay, I know how to play. Um I is it just me or um is it normal to like have a running list of very strange baby names even though I don't have kids, but I'm like obsessed with coming up with what I would name my children? I think that's not just you. Yeah. Okay. I think that's not okay. to do. I always had tons of names. And then when it came time to actually like, you know, my problem was I always had girl names. I always that's gravitated. All, I only have that. I have yeah. girl names, but a lot of my girl names are gender neutral, but I do only have girl names. Okay. I don't, no offense to boys, but yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm just telling I you. Have, I don't have those names. I don't believe, I'm not superstitious. I don't believe in anything. But if you do that, you are make. You, you're telling the going universe you're just going to have a boy. Yeah. Cause I have two Shit. boys, never Shit. got to okay. use my girl names. Okay. okay. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't think that's just you, but I don't know. Okay. Tony, do you do this? I don't do that. Okay. Um, well, I mean, it's, it's a thing that's, that's, you know, crossed my mind here and there. Like maybe, maybe it, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't say I ugh. keep a list or anything like that, but I've definitely heard of, of people doing I that. I love, and I love, like, I want, I want my kid to have the weirdest name. Like, you know how people always made fun of like Gwyneth Paltrow for naming her kid Apple? I was yes. like, Oh, I'm I I'm like I live for it. I live for Apple. I live for Moses. I live for Blue Ivy. Like I love coming up with like crazy baby names. So or whatever that I don't know if they're crazy, but unusual. Unusual. Baby names. So yes, you're so yes. you're gonna you're going through with the you're gonna give them a name that no one has ever heard. Oh, of. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be weird. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not really sure where it comes from. I just have this. You know what I think it is? It's because Jamie Lee is actually a very common name. I've been told that my whole life. So I think there's part of me that's like, I'm going to come up with a name that is like so Googleable. Like yeah. this kid, like you don't, you don't have to type in like the first three letters of their name and they're going to come up. Like it's <laughs> an gonna, iconic it's name. Iconic. Yeah. I like iconic, iconic could be a name. It, it honestly could. What I was always surprised about is that I would hear of a name. Like the first time I thought of it, I was like, nah. And this mm. is this is years before I had kids. Sure. Like the name Olivia. And I was like, mm. Mm. And then I'm like, wait, wait. It's sort of like I did a double take to the name. Like, wait a minute. I actually really like that name. And then just like bubbled up to the top of my list. Sure. And I think for people who had kids around when I did, that name is one of the most popular. Oh, yeah. So you yeah. think, or like Evelyn, it's like Evelyn or Eve. Mm, I, I really like Ava. Name. I like love, those names. Love an Evelyn. Yeah. It's very popular. Eleanor is very popular. Yep. That was all my these, grandmother's name. Yes. All these names. This is how much none of us are unique, I th- except for your child, who's going to be just a force Incredibly. to reckon with. But that's how, yeah. I think that's how much we're all like, you know, in the same cultural moment is this a name that strikes us as unusual rare and beautiful like everyone thinks that you can't escape it it's weird i know that's why i'm trying to out i'm trying to get ahead of it (laughs) to to, i'm doing all my due diligence to make sure that i'm actually picking names that like are not popular that's smart that's what i'm on to right now i mean i think if you did like a jennifer kathy that would be Marcy. Yeah. Then they're you're unique because those are right. Marcy, your names. Yes, totally, totally. Yeah. If I yeah, if my kid was just named like Sarah, they'd be like, whoa. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, Mic drop. Do you want to have kids? 
I don't, I think so. I think I do. I don't know, but I, I get nervous because I feel like my answer being I think so is like kind of troubling. Mm. Like I feel like they're the people, the fuck yes people. And I am like a little concerned that I'm not that. I'm definitely really nervous about it. I really like being able to have like a flexible schedule and like, not that my f- schedule is flexible at all, but I like being able to like figure it out based on what I need to do. And I just get nervous that if I have a kid, I'm going to end up like having to cancel a bunch of shit and like, it's just going to get really, but then also you want to do that. That's mm-hmm. the, that's what I have to remind myself is like, yes, that's because like your, like your priorities are changing in a good way. Like it's not a bad, th- I think that's just the stuff that I, as a person without kids, I get really nervous about what that mm-hmm. actually is going to look like. And I'm going right. to be like bad at it or something. I don't, I don't think know. you will be. Did I, you feel like you – did you know you wanted kids like forever? So, yes, but it wasn't this like, oh, my biological clock is ticking. I never felt it tick. I never I never felt this yearning that you hear about. Never. I just always knew that I would like to be a mom someday. I would like children mm. to be part of what my life looks like eventually. Like that, that I, I never – Yes. I have to ask, I have a follow-up question to this. Do you feel like meeting your husband and being in love with your husband, you were like, oh, I would want to have kids with him. Like, I like he makes it feel more real. Y- yes. Well, I think for him meeting me, because he was a little bit on the fence before. He oh, thought okay. he, At one point in his life, he didn't want kids at all. Um, and then he had a health scare and like came out of that feeling like, mm. oh, I think I do want to have kids. And then meeting me, he said that he he could he could see it. He he felt that I would be a good mom and like he would want to bring kids in the world with me. For me, I always knew I wanted to have kids, but I was never with someone where I felt like, yeah, this makes sense. But then with right. him, it just everything fell into place. Um, yeah. But I think that I labored under this idea that I want to accomplish a certain amount. I want to get to a certain place in my career. I want everything to be lined up before I have kids. And then I have heard people say, like, just do it because it's never going to be the right time. Not to me personally, but that's just their advice in general. No, I've heard that. Yeah. And I got to a point where just biologically, if I'm going to do it, it's got to be now. Yeah, Um, sure. You know, it wasn't. Like I said, I never really felt the biological clock tick in this way yeah, of like, oh my God, it's time. Like my no, my bosom is ready for a baby to be yeah. on it or anything like that. It wasn't like that. It was just, I want to get pregnant. Um, and then, you know, we did IVF. So mm-hmm. once I was invested in that process, then I like needed it to work. But that was, even that was less about having a kid than like this thing that has been such a, is such a huge expense and so taxing. Like, please, right. please it makes let you this inha- work. It makes you inherently more invested in it because right. you're like, I have actually like put time and effort yes. and like it's blood, like, sweat and tears literally yeah. into this. Yeah. That being said, I'm so happy that I had my kids though. And I just today I was thinking it's really like one of my favorite things that I've done. And like my favorite facets of my life is being their mom. So, you know, even though I never, I didn't have the feelings that I thought I needed to have beforehand, it all has worked out on this end. Mm. I, I never, I never wish I didn't have kids. 
sometimes I'm exhausted, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. But then you're like, but it's for this thing that I really care about. Yeah. Or do you not feel that way, like actively? Is that like a feeling that you have after the fact or you have those moments where you're like, this is hard, but it's worth it? Um, I feel like this is hard, but I love them. Yeah. And my God, Daniel, can you please like take over because I need to go take a nap because I'm losing my mind. <laughs> like I do not do well with not enough sleep. I think Me neither. That's, that's my main fear. I'm yeah. like a big sleep. I like, like, yeah, that's another thing. It's just like freedom. I'm like, I like knowing when I need to go to sleep and making it happen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just nervous about like transitioning from like self-focused Jamie to like, right. it's not just about you anymore, Jamie. And I think that the initial adjustment is hard. I was like, how, again, sort of like a wedding. Like, how did no one warn me that the, even though people had warned me, like I just of course they had. didn't, I just, I remember when we, the, when we had a puppy thinking like, this has got to be harder than having a baby because with a baby, they can't really move around, but a puppy is mobile. I mean, I, I could not have been, I, I eat my words. Because with a puppy, it's not like every hour or every couple of hours that you're up. Um, that being said, you know, if you have childcare who can help you out, that makes a huge, we didn't for a while at the beginning, but that okay. makes a huge difference because all of a sudden you can take a nap and you can take a shower and all these things that you hadn't, okay. hadn't Good figured out how to do beforehand. So yeah, just Good get like family okay. or get a babysitter yep. or something like that and Gonna you'll get be a fine. Great nanny. Yeah. 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 I joke that I, I, I joked, um, that I, I was like, when I have a baby, and then I was like, sorry, when Skylar has a baby, because it's my assistant. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see we just literally it comes out of my vagina and like, here, can you can you go handle this? It's not funny. It's terrible. I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's you. funny. Um, Thanks. Yeah. I think I think you're good. Um, I heard that also you have a hey go fuck yourself. <gasps> I do. Okay. People who are, like, obsessed with going back to work in person and, like, being like, oh, I can't wait to not be on Zoom. Listen, I get it. Like, Zoom is exhausting and it sucks to, like, sit at a computer and stare at a screen and, like, yeah, you don't get to, like, give people hugs or whatever the fuck. No, like, people who want to go back to work on Zoom, please go fuck yourselves because it is giving us so much freedom. We don't have to be stuck in traffic. Like, yeah, there is just so much beauty in, like, rolling out of bed and then, like, get going, quote, unquote, going to work, just being turning on your laptop. Like, let us not forget the freedom that comes with that. So, hey, people who are eager to get back to work in person go fuck yourselves okay hey 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 go fuck yourself we did it tony did you feel personally called out sure did (laughs) i get it i get it i mean yeah i i live alone too so it's like it's just me here so i'm i understand and also i do understand i get it i'm just like yeah I'm living in New York right now, and everyone's like, you're going to have to go back to L.A. Fine. I love L.A. Lots of friends there. I just, I'm just like, oh, I just don't want to, like, I don't want to have to, like, move for work. I would love to just work where I want to work. Yeah, and I get that side, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm just, that's not where I'm at. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. I feel you. I just agreed to do, an, to be a guest on a podcast in person. Ooh. Um, like, the first time, this is my first time being a guest on a, a podcast in person in 
you know, this entire time. I think they're just getting back to the studio. And I'm I was, like, I think you and I both, I think we both were asked to do the same. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, and uh, I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to wear? Like, I barely have clothes to wear outside. I mean, I have them, but I just haven't put them on in so long. No, I just, know. I know what you mean. You know, I've pretty much just been relying on being presentable from like, you know, yeah, the, the collarbone up. up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah and I, as someone who has a problematic derriere, actually, my butt's fine. It's the thigh. Re- it's someone who's, I'm pear shaped. So I have kind of enjoyed just having the top of the pear be the focus. No, but the, the bottom of the pear is the tastiest part of the pear. You're right. It's the juiciest down there. <laughs> no one wants the stem. <laughs> um, speaking of all of, of body stuff, I have to say, I was re-listening to our most recent episode and the fact that your, was it your grandma and your aunt? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the three-way called, conversation. Yeah. yeah. Did a three-way conversation when you were in high school to yeah. ask you what was up with all the weight you were gaining. Yep. Like I wanted to fucking die listening to the, that. And then like listening to, that was the reaction I had on the episode as well. I just, I, I feel so bad for you. That's so oh, cruel. Yeah. It was so cruel. Yeah. But, you know, I will say, like, I have gotten to a place, and I don't know if it's just trying to convince myself of this or if I actually feel this way, but I really, like, don't diet anymore, and I definitely still have the thoughts of, like, you should be dieting, you should be dieting, why aren't you dieting? But I really don't, and I'm, like, kind of, I am I hope it sticks. Like, I how, hope that I, How yeah. did you achieve that? I think I just hit a point where, well, I think it's a couple things. I think that, like, Lena Dunham and girls, I think that helped just being like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a female lead who doesn't look like every other female yeah. lead. That's good. Like, we have some body diversity here. Um, I think part of it is in Instagram, like uh, some of the body positivity stuff and or whatever, whatever you're supposed to call it. It's not body positivity. It's called body acceptance. I can't remember. I'm so sorry. I know. Oh, I thought it term. was body positive. It I- is. But then someone was telling me that that is not the, the right term for it. Or it is, but it's, it's not... Anyway, I think it's called like body confidence, maybe body confidence movement. Anyways, whatever. I basically, um, yeah, I think some of that has helped. I also think that like, I'm, I'm really active. I work out a lot and I really enjoy working out. So I'm kind of like, I just want to work out and eat what I want. And that feels like a balanced lifestyle to me. I think I'm too old to think about food all the time. Mm -hmm. Like I want to free up some of my brain space for other things and I just really need that one to get out of there like I want to be thinking of other things so it's definitely an effort it's not effortless but yeah I'm like I went out and had pizza last night and drank and I was like yeah it's fine like I, this is this is what I should be doing like I don't yeah. know you only live once like I don't do that every night I know you're supposed to have like balanced everything but I do but I want to be able to like especially in New York City go out and like enjoy myself like it's really important to me right so Good. yeah like, yeah i know I, I think age does play a role i when i lived in new york i used to do this segment on channel four in the mornings called um best bets where i would it was you know go on the news and talk about events happening in the city for time out in new yeah. york and so it was at like 6 a.m on a saturday morning and mm. so from midday friday to 6 a.m. or to when I was done, I would eat nothing. Like, oh, wow. And it just, I did it every Friday. Like, you're going to notice, like, oh, she doesn't I have know. a sandwich. I mean, it's I, insane. I have that. 
anytime I film something, I'm like, oh, I got to gear up. It's like yeah. one day before, Jamie. What do you think? <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't think I, in the same way that I can't take a red eye anymore. And I mean, I could, but no. I don't want to. Like, I don't no. think I could do that anymore. No, I think it's also making that choice to just honor yourself and be like, I'm not a red eye person. Yeah. Sure. We could all do, but no, I don't, I, yeah, I feel the same way. There are certain things that like happened in my 20s and I'm now triggered by them in my 30s. And I'm like, I just can't, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, all right. And then lastly, we have a yes. couple of questions that listeners have sent in on yeah. Patreon. Cool. 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 When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Okay. Whitney C. says, what's a memorable concert or show you've attended? Oh, I love that question. A memorable concert or show. I mean, hmm. Uh, probably the most memorable for me was when I was in high school, I went to see this band called Rocket from the Crypt. And um, the venue that I was at, it was actually my parents' venue. They had a problem with, because my parents were in the music business, um, they they had a problem with their dance hall license. And so um, one of the people who worked at the club came out on stage in front of like the whole crowd and was like, the band is going to come on. You cannot move. <laughs> like you have to just stand there because we have a problem with our dance hall license. And if you literally move your body like you are dancing, you will be thrown out. And I was oh like, this is a joke, right? <laughs> and then no, like the band came out and we just had to like stand there like pencils, like just straight. <laughs> don't like tap your foot to the beat. Don't move. Like you just have to watch the show. And That's it was so weird. So insane. Yeah, it was insane. So was it was miserable? Really the band was so good that, yeah, I mean, you it's, you feel like blue balled. You're like, this is crazy. Who's not going to move to these guys? Like they weren't like fucking Kenny G. They were like a blast. So <laughs> Yeah, it was just really annoying. Anyway. That's so funny. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then Alyssa Van Dyke says, I'm currently obsessed with crashing and I've loved oh. Jamie for about a decade now. I, a lot of I, a lot of feedback like that. You have a lot of fans among my people. Oh, um, wow. Does she prefer stand up or acting? And does she prefer writing or performing? Oh, God. Um, I think my very favorite thing in the world is... Um, like, my dream is to act in the thing I wrote. Mm -hmm. That feels like that's, like, my happy place would be that. Um, but I think stand-up is kind of in its own category. Like, I'll never not love stand-up. I don't think there's any other type of comedy that, like, really touches stand-up in that way. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that's a good answer or not, but that's how I feel. Have you missed it this past year? Not really. Mm. I know that's fucked up to say. I I miss parts of it. I I do miss the thing with stand up is like stand up begets stand up. So if you if you aren't doing it, it's very easy to just be like, I don't do that right now. Mm -hmm. But then once you start doing it again, you're like, how did I ever not do this? And um I miss the social element of it. I also miss like working on jokes and thinking in those terms, but I think for the most part it freed up some time to think about other things that I wanted to do still within comedy. So there's uh yeah, I think that I sort of learned that about myself during the pandemic. Like I really like trying to like yeah, I just like want to make a TV show and get it made hopefully. So those are the mm -hmm. things that I'm like 
yeah, I'm interested in. And I wrote a movie I'm trying to get oh, made. Cool. Like, there's stuff like that. So I'm like, I think that this has sort of allowed me to think about some of that stuff in a real way. Because right. there was no alternative. It was like, that was all you could really think about. Are you um, disciplined as a writer? Like, do, I mean, or ra- rather what I mean to say is like, do you write at the same time every day? Do you have a structure? No. I have very little structure, but I just get it done. The thing that's cool about living in New York right now is that L.A. doesn't open until 1 p.m. New York time. Mm -hmm. So I can really use my mornings to like dick around real hard, go on walks, maybe go to the gym for a little bit, drink a coffee. Like I can just kind of like ease into my day. And then like 1 to like 8 p.m. I feel like is like the The window where it's like everyone's up. You know, and and I kind of like that. It's almost like you get two days in one mm-hmm. day, which has been really nice. Is um, is New York unsafe feeling? I no. I had Mark Norman on the show. Yeah, what a say? while ago he was saying that it it was really rough. It had gotten really rough in the pandemic, and I was surprised in because the pandemic. Yes, that's what now I mean. Feels, yeah, now okay. it's yeah, it was really bad at first. Now, but now like, it's like great. I can't even envision that because you know I lived there for many years and it was safe the whole time I was there. And so, of course, I heard stories of how it used to be, but I never experienced it being rough. Like, what was it like? Well, I wasn't here for like the March, April. Okay. That like the onset of the pandemic. I got here in December, um, like so the end of 2020. Mm. Um, So I don't know. I I feel like it was better here than it was in L.A. because um, it really surged in L.A. Yeah. Corona. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Now it's like, everyone's kind of like out in the streets rejoicing, like everyone's in a musical. So, um, I'm loving it. And the weather got really nice. So, yeah. Oh, well, well tell New York, I say, hi, I miss it so much. (laughs) I will tell them you say, what up? (laughs) Um, I want to remind you guys that I am an Amazon. You might not know it because I like to play it cool, but I'm an Amazon influencer. I have an Amazon store. You can shop my podcasting gear, my makeup, my uh, skincare stuff, stuff for the home. I've got a corner, Daniel's corner, where I put items that he uses in it um, that are embarrassing, but he does use them. Beano, saline spray. Breathe right strips. Um, I got stuff, you know, I've got my recommendations for kids and to get, to there, to peruse that, go to amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. Again, amazon.com slash shop slash Allison Rosen. And if you like what you're hearing, please make sure to uh, subscribe, follow, leave a nice comment, tell your friends, etc. And follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Jamie, um, thank you so much for coming Aww. on the show. I know scheduling this is a little hard, so thank you so much for making time oh, to no. do this. Oh, Th- no. Yeah, thank you guys for, like, being so nice and accommodating to make it happen. I love this show, so it's great thank to see you Thank you. Both. Tell everyone where they can find you, plug anything you'd like oh, to plug. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I have a show on Netflix called The Wedding Coach. It is available right now. All six episodes are up on Netflix. Wherever you live in the world, you can access it. And you can follow me on Instagram at really Jamie Lee and on Twitter at the Jamie Lee. Wonderful, Tony. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton. My podcast, Bizarre Albums, every Tuesday. And uh, the Motion City Soundtrack Tour tickets are now on sale for 2022. Uh, so come on out and see us. If, Do. Uh, let's see if fingers crossed that they actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's right. The tour that is taking Tony away from me, but that's oh okay. God. 
just for a little bit. I know. Just for a little bit. It's just temporary. Um, thank you so much, Jamie. Listeners, thank you oh, for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go.